So welcome back, everyone, to another Change Your Game with GTD podcast. Uh, this podcast series is really designed to help kind of illustrate and illuminate some of the principles and best practices of the getting things done GTD methodology and all of that in service to helping you get more done with less stress and do things a little more elegantly, have a little more balance and, and sense of presence and focus in your day-to-day life, wherever you find yourself. I'm here once again with Todd Brown. Good to be here, Robert. Yes, good to have you here. So we had some some questions roll in recently, and uh, we always like to, you know, just try and try and address those if people are listening and interested and, and bother to to take the time to to email us. Um, we we love answering those kind of questions. So uh, we had a couple here that seemed kind of pertinent and timely, and the kind of things that we we hear from you know our people we're coaching and people in seminars about. So we thought we'd just kind of address some of those. So first one from from Kim, she was asking about how do you identify some of the most important contexts in your life and work? So again, contexts are when you're going to sort of file a next action, um, put it on a particular type of list. The contexts are those places or those those lists that identify where you are, what you have available to you. Um, sometimes how you're doing as well in relation to all that. So things like at office, at laptop, um, agenda to talk to a certain person about something, etc. So, Todd, what what do you find most useful in your own practice and with all the people that you've worked with over the years to help them identify what those contexts are and, and what the most important ones are to have in their system? Yeah, I you know I think it's really important to to just be clear why we recommend that, right? Why do we recommend that people break next actions down by context? Because it's, it's one of these things that, that comes across, I think, to a lot of people. It, 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 it's an unexpected approach, I think, to, to managing actions. You know, they, they look at that and they, they don't think it's wrong, but they just sort of go, mm, that's, that's a bit unexpected. So I, I think it's always really helpful to go back to why, right? What are we, what are we facilitating by or, by organizing next actions by context? And again, it's because it's the most streamlined way, if I find myself with a bit of time on my hands, to come face-to-face with next action reminders that, that apply in that context, right? And and that that's really hard to argue with, right? <laughs> that's, that's, you know, when I find myself with 10, 10 minutes time on my hands before my next meeting, which... And, and let's say I'm at the office, right, sat in front of my computer. In that moment, do I want to be reminded about things that, uh, you know, that I can only do at home? No. Things that I can do when I'm out and about? No. Thing, you know, I want to be reminded about things that I can do in that context. And so, again, I think it is really helpful to to go back to that and just remind ourselves of, you know, what what is it, what, what's the advantage of organizing next actions by context? It helps me to to see things in that moment that are helpful and that I could do. And it also helps me then in that moment to completely ignore all of the reminders in my world that are not helpful. So again, I think that's, I I always try to remind myself and to remind my clients of why we're recommending this approach. Um, And, you know, from there we can get into the practicalities of it. But as I say, I think, I think that's probably worth revisiting. Definitely. Yeah. And no, I was literally just coaching someone before we got on this call who was saying, well, why don't we organize it by project? And I think the mind naturally thinks, oh, here's my project and here's the subset of actions. But 
exactly as you said, I just pointed out, look, you can do it that way, but you, then you've got to rifle through all these projects to figure out which of those actions under those projects are the ones you can actually do in the office or you can actually do in your, when you're with your laptop at a cafe, et cetera. So, yeah, mm. a speed is a, is a huge a huge factor, getting in, getting out, recognizing what you can do when in the heat of battle in a busy, in a busy week. Um, yeah. And for me, you know, I'm guessing like me, your contexts have changed a lot over, over time. They certainly have for me, you know, I've been through different incarnations of, of this, the system, meaning different actual implementations, um, in different software tools over the last 17 years. And, um, and certain contexts have come and gone in, 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 the scope of all that um mm -hmm. but you know I, I think the three the three factors is a really big a, a important thing to look at when you're trying to figure out which contexts are yours and to me the three are where are you what do you have with you and how are you doing <laughs> you know, basically mm -hmm. i think a lot of people overlook that third one too i, I know someone who's um has a health condition where her, her, her energy levels vary a lot and for her 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 contexts are organized first of all into active or restful and restful means you can do stuff on the phone you can do certain things active means you need to have the energy to be able to do that so to me that's just one good example of not everybody has the same context in the world the same kind mm -hmm. of limiting factors most people mm -hmm. in most work environments go well where i'm at is the first most important thing and you know do i have the tools with me or the people around me that i need to do this stuff is the second most important thing but bear in mind, you're a factor, too. For a long time, I, I had a list that was just a list of stuff I could do at the end of a day when I was, you know, I'd done six or seven hours of intensive computer programming, right? And my, my brains were goo at that point. And it's just called, you might as well, you know, water the plants and, you know, read some RSS feeds and prune out some spam and do whatever whatever you can do that's low energy level that's still productive. Mm. So I, I think part of what we're driving at is it's not a one size fits all, right? It's not, um, you know, that these are, these are the, the set that's going to work for everyone, but there are some common ones, right? I mean, what are, what are kind of the most common ones you've seen and maybe some of the, some of the weird and wonderful ones too. What's, what's typical. Well, I think, you know, if I think about the context that pretty much everybody that I have met, um, over the years and everybody that I've coached or worked with in seminars, the, the context that everybody gets some mileage out of, um, you know, the one, the one that's, that's probably the most popular is an agendas list of some kind, right? So an agendas list is a next action list where I'm, uh, cataloging the things that I need to discuss with, with somebody, with an individual, the next time that I am interacting with them or, I might be keeping an agendas list for, let's say, my, my weekly team meeting. So the next time we get together as a team, here are the things that I want to discuss. You know, for the vast majority of us, we, we uh, make uh, things happen in interaction with other people. And so I think an agendas list would be right up at the top of the list of contexts that, as I say, you know, pretty much everybody's ended up with. Unless you're um, a hermit. The hermits don't have unless, that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. But they Again, probably they don't need a lot of GTD either if they're sealed in a cave meditating. You know? Well, they're, they're at cave list. At could cave be very list. long. Could you be know, very you never long. know. Yeah. Never know. You never know. Good point. Uh, and then, you know, beyond that, I think it, that, that's where it starts to get really interesting and I think and very personal. And, you know, I, just coming back to the example you've given, I, I did some coaching just in the last week with a very senior person at an organization here in London. And uh, as we were talking about context that made sense for him, I talked to the possibility of 
you know, the kind of standard context that, you know, that you'll hear about. Well, if, you, if you've read David Allen's first book and, and, and been along to some of our, our, our seminars, you know, it's the, it's the place specific context that are the things that we sort of uh, pl- place in tool specific context that we tend to recommend in it, like at computer and at home and at office. And, and what he said was, um, that what he would prefer would be for for most uh, actions would be to have three lists. One was beginning of day, one was intraday, and the other one was end of day. And he was just, you know, very self-aware, very sort of, he, he recognized in, in the morning there's a certain, certain kind of mental state that I'm in, and that'll facilitate me working on certain kinds of, of, of next actions. Throughout the day, I'm, you know, more likely to have my day chopped up quite a bit, you know, calls are coming in, people are walking over to my desk, et cetera. So the intraday things tended to be more, you know, tactical, uh, quickly, quickly handled. And then end of day, um, you know, another kind of energy. So I I think that, you know, to to your point, this, this whole idea, how you doing uh, as, as an input to the design of your context is a very important consideration. And, you know, as I think about, uh, you, the people in 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 my history with GTD who have said, uh, "Well, GTD doesn't work," and I've said, "Oh, okay, tell me a little bit more about that." And what I'll hear them say an awful lot of times is, "Well, you you know, you suggest I keep a computer list, and and pretty much I can do anything anywhere. So uh, a computer list makes no sense." And what they seem to have you know what they seem to have misinterpreted or misunderstood from us is that we're saying, in all cases, you need to have. Uh, you know, some of the defaults that we talk about. And for me, the, those default lists that we talk about are really the beginning of the conversation. It's not, it's not, you know, you must have these. It's, hey, what would be helpful for you? What would be, what would be a good set of lists for you? And by the way, here's, you know, here's some lists that we recommend for a lot of people. Let's start, let's start by considering those as possibilities. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, they can change. I think that's the other thing is you, you try something, you start something, and if you have, you know, a bit of self-awareness as you're as you're going through, just about, oh wow, you know, this this uh, this context only ever has one item in it, or wow, this context has a lot of items in it, or wow, this doesn't really make sense because I I ended up in this context, but the things I'm putting on it, some of them I can't actually do, right? So if you're if you're mm-hmm. attuned to how's it feel to work with these lists, how you know how, how are you doing in that sense, you're going to you know naturally get rid of or consolidate or collapse some of the ones that you rarely ever use, just so you don't have clutter there and potentially look at for these really big ones. Well, are there different, you know, are there different ways I can chop and change this like the morning afternoon or like whatever it is for you that's real. So just getting real about um, where you are, what you have available, how you doing and getting real about how that really feels once you've tried something as a structure and being willing mm-hmm. to change it, right? It's not yeah. stone, as you said, it is, it is, you know, some some recommendations of best practices that then absolutely have to get customized to make it work for you. And yeah. that kind of go ahead. So, sorry, yeah, I was just as as you were as you were saying that I was just reflecting on a couple of the changes that I've made to my context over the years, and and um, one of them in particular, and this happened pretty early on, uh, was that I. I took the, uh, the, you know, the laptop list, the list of things that I can do in my laptop, and I subdivided that into online things versus offline things, right? So things that require a connection to the internet versus not. And, and for me, uh, given, 
given though, number one, how much time I spend on airplanes, right? And number two, how productive that time can be for me. You know, my laptop offline list is gold dust when I'm on a plane. I just got off a plane uh, this morning, a uh, very, very long plane flight. And, and, you know, my laptop offline list went from at the beginning of my trip, 25 things, maybe close to 30 things to four, because I can, you know, when I'm, when my rear end is in that plane seat, no distractions, man, I can just completely focus on that list and get a huge amount of productive work done. So, that, so that's one change that I made. And the other one, which, which, and again, this is more recent in the last couple of years. Um, I've made a, I, I've taken the standard calls list and I've subdivided that into two things. I have a, a list called uh, mobile phone. And what I put on that is, really anything that I can do on my mobile phone when I'm out and about, right? So yeah, in some cases it's phone calls, but it might also be some other actions, which I can, um, you know, which I can just do because I've got a connection. Uh, you know, I've got some sort of a signal and, and it might be, uh, something that I don't require a big screen for, but it's something that can be done. You know, it's an, it's an internet, internet site that I need to visit or something. Uh, so that's one is my mobile phone list. And the other one that that um, I realized I needed when I created that was a list which I've called quiet calls. And what that's for is phone calls where, you know, I'm calling I'm calling a client, I'm I'm calling somebody where I just don't want any background noise, and I want to make sure that I'm in a, a physical space where there's not going to be, uh, you know, external distraction. It's going to get in the way. You know, both of the quality of the phone call, quite frankly, in terms of you know background noise, but also in terms of my ability to focus undistracted on the conversation. So those are just a couple of exa examples of, of, of things that I've done, you know, in the last, in the last years to, uh, to make my context work better. I think that really illustrates how, uh, how personal it is. You know, I think people, for example, people that aren't on an airplane a lot may not necessarily need an offline one. Other people, you know, like you said, they can do anything everywhere, you know, so you just need one list called next actions. And in fact, you can start with that and start to subdivide from there, you know, or you mm -hmm. can start with lots of them and all the defaults and whatever, and just start to prune them from there. However you do it, whether it's additive or subtractive, just keep going and keep making it work for you, I think would be kind of mm -hmm. my, my, my advice. This one kind of dovetails nicely too, in some ways or overlaps with, um, one of the other questions we, we got that came through. So Dean was asking, how do you deal with these huge, enormous lists? You know, these just big, big, long lists. So what, what do you tell folks there? And have you had <laughs> huge, long lists at certain points in your life that you had to, had to deal with as well? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and I'm smiling because, uh, yes, I, and I have indeed had, you know, periods in my life where my lists have just gotten really big. Uh, and, and I also did a coaching in the last couple of months with somebody who's been a GTD -er for a couple of years. And he had, you know, he was really getting overwhelmed by the size of his lists. And so I think there are a number of things to, you know, to consider if you find you've just got a huge, huge, you know, one, one or more very large lists in your system. And uh, one, one important consideration is, are you spending enough time with those lists using them to drive your activities, right? If you're not, if, if, if all that's happening is things are going on to the list, then they're just becoming huge someday, maybe inventories, really, you know, they're not, they're, you're not spending enough time with them. And this is what I said to this, this client, um, this client that I was working with, I said, uh, you got to get your, you got to get your system moving, I said, at the moment, it's really just sitting there as a, 
as as a receptor as 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 a, as a receptacle rather for 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 your thinking and for your next action decisions but you're not using it to you know to to then go and and inform what you're doing so that's one thing i think is a really important consideration is are you spending enough time with those lists in a way that um uh you know that helps you to uh you know to to make sure they they're getting enough attention right that that comes to mind. What what have you got? Well, yeah, I think you know. People, I find certain people that have really, really huge lists. One of the reasons for that, well, one of the reasons is just they're insanely creative, you know. <laughs> but another often is that, as you say, they're not able to spend enough time with those lists because they're in back-to-back meetings. You know, they're they're dealing with so-called planned work that exists mostly on the calendar, for example. And here, you know. One of the things I come back to is are you are you living one human being's life or are you living kind of a nut, trying to cram enough for three or four lifetimes into one? You know, so that is a factor. GTD will reflect to you the fact that you are overcommitted. It will not renegotiate those things for you, but it will consistently reflect that back so that you can make life choices uh, about that. And so, you know, I mean, one of the things is, is that can help is the context, right? So we mentioned can you break it down, right? If you just have one huge thing called at office or next actions, do you need to have some running agenda list? Do you need to have some, some, some breaking it down? An easy way to find where you can sort of break down that huge list is to look at the verbs involved. So if you're looking at a lot of verbs that say call, maybe you want a separate calls list because maybe you're in a slightly different headspace when you're making outbound calls rather than processing emails. If you got a lot of ones that say, you know, email to set up a meeting or whatever, you can also start to identify, you know, kind of breakpoints in your workflow where you can delegate stuff that way too, right? So you can say, well, look, you know, I'm constantly spending time setting up meetings. What I'm really good is at is is at business development. I need an assistant that just sets up a bunch of meetings for me all day. So, mm-hmm. you know, these kind of reflections these kind of things that happen as a result of having a big list that you can start to analyze and look at for for improvements for yourself, it's actually a very useful thing. And then I think kind of the the biggest thing I find for people that really can't, you know, can't get away from, it's always going to be a big list. There's always going to be so much more to do than is possible um, is to start to then identify, you know, kind of just a daily hit list of what, of what you can do that day. It's got to be a subset. It's got to be kind of decanted from the main list, and you got to sync it back up with the main list at the end of the day. That is, the sublist needs to be di- completely disposable. But if that's what you need is really to do a little bit of a morning scan and identify the three to five things that you actually could do that day, and then just have that set to one side on a, on a piece of paper or whatever to focus yourself, that can work too. Um, mm. And I find, I, and weirdly enough, ironically, I find that the people that are really, really busy and in back-to-back meetings all day long need that or need some form of that if they can't actually renegotiate, get a PA, <laughs> do those things to uh, to help them chunk it down and help them or, or renegotiate the meetings so they can actually spend the time with the list. That's one, one end of the spectrum. The other end of the spectrum is people that have to completely define what it is they're doing in a day, you know, so more of the kind of university professors or people that have a grant or people that just have you know, a big swathe of time ahead of them and need to actually structure it for themselves. They're going to have lots of ideas and, and creative thinking and stuff. Actually decanting a sub list 
can help to create focus there too. I do it. Actually, I do it, for example, on weekends where I go, look, this weekend I want to have a mix of relaxing, chilling, hanging out, and I should probably do a few things on the house or whatever. I'll go through the whole house list, decant a few, and go, okay, that seems reasonable. That seems like a mix. If I do these two or three kind of chore things and then I also have some time to rest, recuperate, and hang out, that feels like a like a manageable weekend. So I will I will do that with my big, huge uh, honeydew kind of list that I have <laughs> on the weekend so that I'm not just just slogging through and I'm also not just forgetting it. So that's yeah. what I that's what I do. I mean what, what what else have you seen with the huge list? I think you're very right that paying paying insufficient attention is what creates the huge list. Yeah. Yeah, your you know, your system can really help you just looking at the state of your system can really help you to understand where you might need to spend a bit more time, right? So if, uh, you know, if, you're, if your inbox is full or you've got a whole pile of paper that's unprocessed sitting on your desk somewhere, uh, well, that's an indication that you might want to spend a bit more time, you know, clarifying and organizing, getting those, making those decisions about next actions and outcomes and getting those in your system. And, and, and likewise, if, you're, if your lists are getting chunky, then that just is an implication that, uh, well, one of the possibilities, as I say, is that you're just not spending enough time with those lists. Now, as you say, it might be that you got the wrong lists, or that the lists are not really serving you in the way that they that they could, and that's that's another consideration. Now, as you were talking about the daily list, there's just one more thing I do want to drop in because I do see this a lot, and especially because so many of us are. Um, using daily lists, you know, even before we know anything about GTD, we're just using that kind of daily to-do list as a as a basic approach to daily productivity. And the and the little caveat I would drop in there is that I think is that we want to be a little careful about um, you know y- your your interaction. Sorry, not interaction. Your attitude to that list ought to be these are things that are helpful to be reminded about on the day, but be really clear about the distinction between something that you'd like to be reminded about on a given day and something which is in some really fundamental uh, way do on that day. I think those are two important things because they get, they get muddied up. I think for a lot of people, you know, they, they put things on a daily to do list where they think, yeah, I, I'd really like to get that done today. And then, but, but it's not something that is, that is, that has the nature that if they didn't get it done on that day, it's actually a problem. And come the end of the day, when then they, they decide that it hasn't been done or they realize it hasn't been done they kick themselves, right, psychologically, and they say, well, I've failed. So I think it's really important to have, you know, to have in mind the distinction between something that is, in fact, do. There will be serious negative consequences if I don't do this on this day versus something where you're saying, you know, a bit like what you're talking about when it comes to your, you know, to your weekend list. I'm guessing that if some of those things don't happen on the weekend that you might think, well, I just made different choices or the world evolved in ways, which meant that I didn't get those done. Uh, but that's not, that's not then uh, turning into, well, uh, I've, I've been a failure in some way. Oh, I think that's a really important point and, and, you know, need to be more than a little bit careful about that because it can create, I think a lot of, a lot of dissonance for me, but what I, I just describe them as want to do's versus have to do's, you know, and people put, want you know put try to pretend that a want to do is a have to do in all kinds of ways including using trying to use their calendar as a to-do list and you know from nine to nine fifteen i'll do this no you didn't really have to do that you know actually the boss came in at nine and something way more important showed up and you did that and that was right but what do you do you don't feel good about making the right choice you feel bad because you didn't do the thing you so-called scheduled to do so Mm -hmm. 
You're absolutely right. I think it's really important that we relate to those lists of potential reminders, things we want to do in the fullness of time and the way that, you know, that, that is appropriate to get them done, given everything else, as orientating lists, you know, lists that, that help you, like a compass would help you to know, well, there's north, but actually I need to drift a little west for a while to go to this watering hole and, you know, refuel the camels and whatever it is. But it's good to know where north is, you know, rather than I haven't been traveling north and, you know, <laughs> I'm going to kick myself, mm-hmm. kick myself for for actually attending to those things that are important and meaningful. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's really useful. I think you also want to, you know, you want to watch, look at your really long lists and go, how much of these are want tos versus have tos? You know, are there, are there any want tos in there that really actually need to get thrown into someday maybe um, or deferred, you know, as uh, potentially relating to projects for next year or for to revisit at some future point versus the stuff that really is, Commitments, stuff you said, well, yeah, I'm committed to doing this, to doing this within about the next year or so, and it really does need to get to get done. Because I think some people have the kind of yes disease where they just go yes, yes, yes to just about everything, and that'll make huge lists too. So, yeah. yeah, you know, there's a, there's a great quote. Um, I, can't, I can't remember where I heard this from David Allen, but it might, it might just have been in conversation. But, you know, he, he made this point that your system – at any given time is really just your best set of working assumptions, right? And to your point, I think we need to be, we need to be open to the possibility that uh, entries in our system, uh, you know, are, are either completely no longer relevant and should just be, you know, gotten away with, got done away with, or that they are, as you say, you know, they should be become a bit someday maybe, or a bit, you know, make their way onto a list of, of projects I'll do next year, right? You're kind of a future projects list idea. I think for some of us, once, once we, once it makes its way into our system, we, we believe that it has this, you know, this, this sort of sacred status of, yeah, I've got to do that or die kind of thing. And, and I find that I'm uh, some of the times when I feel like my system is, is supporting me best. And I feel most engaged with it are times when I've, I've done a real um, fundamental clear out and been very, you know, very uh, clear about this. Yeah. You know, the, the Todd who looked at this three months ago believed that it was a project, but the Todd that's looking at it now has a different perspective and it's not a project. As a matter of fact, it's no longer even really relevant at all. And I'm going to get rid of it. So uh, being a little bit more um, humane, in in our um, you know tre- treating ourselves with a little bit more kindness when it comes to uh, interacting with our systems in that way, I think can be helpful as well. Be humane, people. Be humane. <laughs> be at least as kind to yourself about your system as you would to someone you're managing or you know someone you're as on your team. You know, I think that's that's a pretty good guideline because most people wouldn't be nearly as taskmasterish with others as they would with with themselves you know and yeah so yeah being being flexible with the system having the right attitude toward the system and one of the things i kind of look for is does the system help me be able to completely disengage from the system you know can i walk away guilt-free and go do something totally else you know that's that's just fun in the moment and feel like yeah it's got it it's parked it's there it's bookmarked i'll come back to it all i'll deal with it when I need to and as, as appropriate, but right now my free time is free. So to mm-hmm. me, one of the real tests of the DTD approach and methodology and the way that you're implementing it is not so much, 
are you being, you know, as super hyper efficient as you possibly can be, but how's your free time? What's the quality of that like, you know? So if it's, if it's big lists or, you know, unclear context or whatever, address that, address that sooner than later so that you can feel confident walking, just as confident walking away from your system as walking into using it, I think. Hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean the quote. The quote from David comes to mind, right? You can only feel good about what you're not doing when you know what you're not doing. And if your system, in any given moment, is a complete inventory of the things that you're not doing, great. That means you can basically, uh, you know, walk away from it and be completely engaged in something that was not on any list and just struck you in the moment as the right thing to do. Yeah. Whether it's a, whether it's a quick brainstorm for a book that you might write write one day, or it's you know grabbing a bunch of your colleagues and and taking a trip to the, uh, you know, to your local watering hole. I, I think it's, uh, it's a really important thing. Um, well said. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, hopefully this was useful to all of you out there in podcast listening land. It's certainly, you know, we, we could riff on just about anything for, for a good long time. So if you do have questions, thoughts, anything you want to sort of prompt us with, wind us up and set us off with um, info at next-action.eu. Info at next-action.eu. Just send in your questions, thoughts, um, anything really about about the podcast we love getting feedback meanwhile until next time from me from todd we'll say bye for now and uh go and go and be productive see you soon